0: Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan, who, much like myself, is very happy that the giant elephant that was taking a piss outside of our studio has now stopped. Oh, no, no, wait. It wasn't a giant elephant. It was the rain. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the British summertime. We have been getting so much rain and we had a hailstorm. I know. Yes, I posted it on our social and they were like little bullets. And there were car alarms going off down the road. It was nuts, dude. I took my two kids for a bit of a body surf
1: in the shore because there was a little shore break last night. And it was literally as I got in the van.
0: Boom. This is Sorry, this is when you're driving home. aren't yeah, you? Dri- yeah, driving home, yeah. God, it was unbelievable. And the kids were like, it's starting to hail, Dad. And I said, don't be silly. It's
1: nearly the summertime.
0: And sure enough, it Bang. was mega. This is mid-May. We are in England. So for us where we live wherever you listen to this in the world that is kind of dawning in towards summer pretty much a few weeks away to get a hellstorm is pretty crazy but people do then jump on this bandwagon of climate change and and i'm not then here to then say you know don't do that at the same time weather in extremes has always been happening it's always one of those ones where you could sort of let people sort of you know that's cool if you want to be woke that's great. Oh, climate change, oh everything's going Oh, you know, you wait. And people come in with this massive negativity of everyone's gonna burn and die because we're all just gonna be boiling hot from the climate change. You get okay, cool, yeah, right, you got your thing, that's fine. At the same time, I think my client was saying this morning she was about twelve, so she's in her 60s. so she says a forty five years ago. There's snow. Really? In June. She lived up north. Oh, so, we get snow. Oh, up we north get in snow June. up north in June. Always oh, bloody snowing up there. <laughs> You'll be lucky if it gets above eight degrees. Oh, I've come to and oh all oh, this snow right outside door. What is it with the, that northern bit where you just miss out the bit or like certain t- door? The, oh. yeah, I
1: think it's What's called. Technically, I think it's called a glottal stop. William. Ah, where you kind of you use things from the back of your mouth rather than actually putting the end on it. I think I remember that from English. The, the, back the, in the, day. the
0: disappearing of consonants. There you yeah. go. Now onto waves. Um, yeah.
1: You've just upset the green lobby.
0: Green lobby. I am wait, actually, go through it. Go through it. By the way, will lo- be northerners. Just, just, to, just to elephants. Make, elephants.
1: <laughs> just to make this clear as well, will and I will have different views on these things. I'm on my serious hat. Very big on you know being very kind to the planet and making sure we don't have too much climate change. But that
0: was that's what makes a beautiful show. Well, yeah, but dude, no, oh no, this is me not saying climate change isn't real i'm not yeah. saying i'm like a detractor it's real and i would do everything i can to yeah you know, recycle everything i have and be as conscious of that as possible so this isn't that at all it's more that negativity yes. is never useful on any th- serious matter well it's never going to fix the problem that's, but that's what i'm trying to say i'm yeah. not saying it's, it's, the issue's there yes. it's, it's undeniably there and it needs fixing there's no doubt and you can look at all the data and it, there is a huge issue there it's just stay positive Look at the solution. What can we do? What can we do? What will we do? Versus like, yeah. oh, it's so bad. Everything's gone right. It's like, it doesn't help anyone. Standing up and shouting
1: at a wall and being angry about things and to the detriment of positive progress around a subject is never going to fix anything that you are passionate about. Was it Mother Teresa who talked about being pro things and for things rather than Which, this energy that's against something? It's like, let's be for something positive in terms of change.
0: Her famous one was being asked to go to an anti war demo. Yeah. And she replied, I won't go to your anti war demo, but the moment you create a pro peace one, yeah. I'll be at the front of the queue. That's where it's at. It's yes, the globe is warming, but if we constantly focus on the warming, the badness, it's going worse. It's a yeah. Okay. So that's there. We know that. The elephants, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, the giant elephant has just turned up. If you can hear that, he's taking a huge piss right now outside the studio. I don't know if this is going to get picked up in the microphone, but anyway, yes, there's all that going on there. Yes, weather's changing, etc. but let's focus on what it is we do want. It's the biggest shift that a human being could make. I know what you don't want. Oh, I don't want this, and that's bad, and that's wrong, and this politician does this, and the, that does that, and this policy's there, and that's unfair because of this, and these people have to deal with that, and that's not right because of this, and you shouldn't be doing that, you shouldn't be doing and they shouldn't be doing this. And- whoa, whoa, I fucking know. So what do you want instead? And there it is. There's the meat and balls of this. Whatever that means. Well, the, the <laughs> meat <laughs> me and the veg. we got an issue
1: here. That's, uh, that could be a new one. You can put that on a T-shirt. The, meat, work. the meaty balls. Yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah. Now, just before we get back into surfing, because we have had some bloody good surfs as What's well Some reasoning.
0: great surfs We're going to come to that. But just
1: on that, we are in almost this sort of, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and other podcasts do exist, you know, and it was about this idea that when well, we're in a very asymmetric power sort of balance relationship where there isn't a balance there with social media and the news channels and ai and how it serves us up content and builds this sort of narrative discourse that suits your particular viewpoint on the world as we sort of talked about the things you click on reinforces the algorithm that then serves you the next thing that thinks is going to give you that hit of dopamine that makes you click on it because we're in that sort of interruption economy that's how many of the kind of just pure social apps channels, platforms survive. They need you to keep coming back for that hit because they are hijacking your attention. This is the sort of thing that it's built on. I think if you watch The Social Dilemma it's very eye-opening on that. Uh, The Social Dilemma, for people who don't know, is a documentary about the sort of rise of um, things like Facebook and and Instagram and so on. On Netflix, I think it still is. But pertinent to your uh, points there about everything from like you know climate change to whatever it might be, is that we're in this sort of scenario where if you like, there's sort of cracks that are between people on certain topics, what some of these platforms allow either, you know, artificial intelligence sort of actors or kind of people who have a particular sort of political sort of ax to grind or things to gain from a certain viewpoint being, if you like, developed and grown, is it allows people to take what is maybe a small crack that could be, you know, intelligent discourse made into a balanced, nuanced argument, and it hammers at those fractures in society. And I think we're almost at this sort of point in the world where, those things are, you know, getting more and more magnified. And that the media enables now even the sort of uh, main news radio station channels allows this discourse, that kind of allows this kind of fracturing of societal bonds in a way. Because it says, you know, you are, if you're on one side of this debate, as we were talking about last week, you can't possibly get along with somebody on the other side of the debate. And that's not how to conduct uh, healthy, pragmatic, human-focused solutions to any problem that we face in the world. It's all about like anger and clicks and schism and and that mm. sort of runs very much counter to the mindful surfer sort of philosophy, isn't it? Of 100%. how do we all build uh, things that we get along on? Moving on to things that we get along about waves, waves. Because um, we had a little trip, didn't we? That's the news, really. Epic little trip to the north coast, and they were all-time waves. You know when mm. the wave gods present you a gift to say thanks for putting up with the mush burgers. <laughs> that you've been dealt with over the last few weeks, months or wherever. Here's a day where you can have a little bit of sunshine and some good waves. And wow, wow, wow,
0: wow. Wasn't it fun? It was amazing. And we're really blessed with this certain spot because you can just go right down the beach and be away from the crowds. It maybe doesn't offer you as good a wave as the one that's on the inside, like near near the cliffs and whatever. But every now and then it all comes together on that spot. And it did. And surfing... Is a really special sport for so many reasons. Insert those thoughts right now as you will. But for me, one of the best reasons to surf is spontaneity. You know, it's really, really hard in life now to kind of get a lot of that. And that's what surfing gives us. It's this really unique experience of spontaneity because nature has to sort of come together and provide it. That means there is just so many variables. There's so many little things that can take it just away from it not being quite at its Mm -hmm. optimum. But when you get optimum, or optimal whatever it is for you by the way because that's different for everybody but for you and i that's chest to head high waves that kind of bowl and peel not too fast not too slow what was really unique about that surf was you got fast sections that then tapered off into slower sections that allowed you the time to kind of bring that full wrap that groundhouse cut back in figure eight bang hit the lip when you retransitioned into the next bit it was another speed bowl it's almost like a point break then it's like mm. it's point breaks most do i think i'd say most point breaks you know have faster sections and then sections that taper off now that's the perfect perfect place for high performance maneuvers if you really want to wrap tight into the bowl Mm -hmm. and then race 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 then wrap tight into the bowl race race and it's this lovely ebb and flow you do come away feeling like a better surf you do come away with a real boost in your surfing confidence because you kind of go i didn't know i could do that i've just been reminded that's how I can surf a wave. And I feel like at the moment for me, and whether it's dietary or or otherwise, I've lost maybe six or seven, six kilos in the last few weeks through this dietary change that we'll talk about later on that I have mentioned in previous shows. But that undoubtedly is having an effect because when I'm doing turns, I'm still putting in a lot of power. So I've still got that muscle there. I've not lost any muscle, but they're just not carrying that same weight. And I felt like I did one or two turns out there that i've maybe never done mm. one of the biggest work-ons for me has always been trying to get as near vertical to the bowl as possible whilst fitting in a wrap and a turn that comes right back to the foam but without it being like a cutback if that makes any sense and not even really a carve. it's a mm-hmm. it's just an instantly tight wrap off the top back to the foam and um it takes a lot a lot of reaction speed a lot of power a lot of timing and all these kind of things. And if, if it was really coming together, that surf, it was, just a re- it was just special, wasn't it? I mean, we were both just getting tons of good waves.
1: I mean, just in sort of relation to the show as well, you know, we've been talking about training in the gym and we will get back to some of the things we're doing on that at the moment and kind of watching things like Ombi and listening to like Clayton's advice and all of that sort of stuff and some of the other sort of things that we're exploring about, you know, different levels of surfing and boards and that sort of thing. It's really good to be able to try out some of the things that we've been uh, either watching from a tutorial point of view or um, training on from sort a of strength point of view or technique point of view. And having had that surf, and it was great, you know, and there's a lot to take out and still bloody hell lots to develop on because it also gives you things like, ah, okay, yeah, maybe I'll try that next time. And then you come out onto the land and if you try and practice the things you want to turn. For me, it was realizing how much speed that puddle jumper has got and actually mm. almost, uh, just bringing Clayton into it, sometimes too much speed because on a really good wave it had gone. On a mushier wave, it allows you to sort of, you know, it's forgiving and you can complete some of those turns. On a wave that's bowling and faster, the board's taken you too far out or too far ahead at the level I'm at. My reaction's too slow and I've come off the top of a wave or I've, you know, been wiped out or whatever. So it's fascinating for that. But I watched something last night with the Ombi guys and that they were talking about Brazilian surfers and some of the conditions that are surfed in Brazil about some of the mushier waves and sometimes the smaller waves at times that, um, People like Italo and Felipe and, and all those guys are, are surfing. It was really interesting to the point that they were saying, you know, if you can surf crappier waves, and forgive me for saying that, you know, it's waves that other people go, okay, mush burger's not very really yeah. good. Weaker waves. Weaker waves. It's easier to go up into better surf and bigger waves from that position and learn than it is for people who are surfing great waves all the time to come down into mushier conditions. Clayton made that point yesterday. I thought, wow, that's amazing. In a way, that means that you're kind of only as good, in inverted commas, whatever that means for whatever level you're at, as
0: the shittiest waves that you surf. totally do. It was eye-opening. Yeah. you do a little look at Jamie O'Brien, and you watch him in some of the vlogs where he does a bit of river surfing Mm -hmm. here and there with Ben Gravy. But Well worth checking that out, by the way. There's some great bits around that. Don't get me wrong, Jamie's still rips in some of those mushburgery scenarios with Ben because he goes to visit Ben Gravy a a few times and whatever but nothing even close to the level of what he gets on the North Shore whereas Ben you can see he's still fitting in full roundhouse cutbacks and still fitting in all his mushburgery type manoeuvres, so he can really get a hell of a lot out of that kind of condition. It means that when he leaps up into gnarly or better conditions or whatever that better is, but goes into sort of ways with a bit more power, a bit more punch, can get make the most out of those too. So it's a very you become better at being adaptable the more broad range of conditions you get to surf. Yeah. It certainly helps with being yeah, basically being able to get the most joy out of it all. Yeah. And the challenge then comes, and I've had this a lot, I've talked to you about this, that I feel That because I surf here mostly, 70% of the time, maybe 80, we have a windswell break. It's really mushy. We don't have a typography for punchy ways at all. It's just gradual sandbank type stuff. You really need a high volume, like the highest volume you can possibly get under your feet, like almost ridiculously so. And my puddle jumper is 46 litres, 45 litres, which for me a decade ago was like, that's just, that's a boat. That's not even rideable. I can't do a turn on that. And of course, now I really enjoy doing my turns on that, where we live. Now, the challenge for me is when I now get on better ways, my literage is all a bit over the place. It's a bit funny. I used to be able to ride 33, 34 liters. I'm around 90 kilos. I used to be able to ride that kind of literage on the kind of ways I used to search, which were, you know, I'm not going to say better, but they were more punchy ways more regularly. So one of my work now is kind of very much in this realm of a bit like yourself, Liam, like you were saying, going a bit too quick on some of those sections it's ditto for me i'm kind of in this little place where i'm like trying to work out my boards um but at the same time (laughs) talk about a first world problem for a surfer that he's Mm. getting so much surf on his different coastlines that he's now becoming confused by (laughs) what literate to choose (laughs) because when you really kind of take a look and take a step back sometimes at the uh the things we say. I get even as I was saying that out loud, I was like, God, that's just the most privileged issue to have yeah. you could ever imagine. There we say even an issue. It's just a it's a really lovely challenge to have. It, these challenges in surfing are great to have because they constantly are teaching you, helping you evolve, seek new possibilities, try new ideas. That is the journey. It's an infinite game. It's it's not finite, it's not fixed, it's not okay, these are the ways you're gonna surf every time. This is the board you're gonna ride every time. You know, it's not like a golf course, which I know changes a bit. But surfing's different because it's just every way's different. Every surf's different. Every break's different. All these things. So what's great is this constant challenge of too much volume, too little volume, too much length, too little length, which isn't, by the way, my issue. You know, that's another story altogether. But no, no I actually do. I really don't have a very long um, set of surfboards. But hey, why are you doing B? I'm still on my yeah. surfboards. What are you talking about anyway? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm doing my surfboards. Again, another example. We were out on uh, home break and it pumped, and I want to ask you about that surf in a second because we're come onto this. And I was on my longboard in the end because I kind of went with that choice because I found I was just struggling on my shorter board, my puddle. But again, there's a challenge in that. I got a couple of bombies, like real, real sick ones, and then I sort of bit too chaotic. It's like you know, it's like the thing you were saying, dude. Try and find the line between order and chaos. And I was ooh, trying to do a cut back on my eight six with the single fin. It was a bit weird and a bit whatever, but then you come away from that surf and you go, right, maybe a mid-length right now, like a 7'2", with a 20 at the back or whatever. So this evolution, this journey goes on and on and on and on, and people wouldn't understand it, dude.
1: I mean, I love that idea of an infinite game anyway, because that's something that is so much about having you know, an endless universe, it's kind of sweeps back into why the mindful surface a metaphor for life and all of that sort of thing that you presented with this opportunity to harness nature. And it kind of is infinite, the the possibilities that will throw up and you've got to harness that. But you then get sort of, yeah, back into the, it's not quite ego, but the human form of, right, how do I outperform this wave? And how do I, but really what you're trying to do is get maximum flow, right? Maximum flow from the experience. And how do you have the most fun? And that is about, you know, board selection once you get to the, you know, a certain level or whatever it is that you want to just tweak or dial something that makes it more exciting. It started to click for me a little bit about that on those things around. Well, actually, the foam could come down a bit in my board on that because if I just slowed it down a little bit, it had a pocket to serve. And suddenly all of the stuff we're talking about starts to make sense. But I definitely wanted to come back to that point about, because again, it sort of ties into life, that if you can make the most out of those mushy, crappy conditions, and you can put that against whatever analogy you want to, then when things do get, inverted commas, good, or you, of course, you can then really appreciate that. But if all you're brought upon is waiting for the perfection, this idea that we're surfers have got a perfection fetish, and you only surf the great stuff, and you don't want to surf the less attractive stuff, you are missing out in a way. And it's basically, you know, all the hard work you can put into just getting in, even if it's like half a foot or a foot, eventually pays dividends because no effort and no kind of practice is ever wasted, is it? Ever wasted. And that's why it comes together on a day like that. Totally. You know, I'm sure if somebody was filming, they'd be like, hang on a minute. I thought these boys, I thought it all come together for them. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: would <be> yeah. <laughs> What's this dumb and dumber three? The someone, surf gets experience. Some, someone gets some secret footage of the yeah. mindful surface and goes, Oh, my God. So the boys thought they yeah. were alright. Well, What's well, the... well. Yeah, I can see Kelly looking over it going, Oh, guys, What's... you're so shit. What are you on about? Why are you even doing a surf podcast? That's not how he talks, Kelly.
1: Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey.
0: Isn't it? <laughs> you
1: want to go on the ultimate surfer? <laughs>
0: I'm sure he'd love that impersonation. It's that thing I wanted to mention before we move on. There's a gratitude in everything. There's a positive in everything. There's a chance, there's a potential downside and dark side and shadow too. But the positive and gratitude of regularly surfing crumbly waves is that it creates a level of hunger for even just the littlest turn. The next session or like being with your mates or it creates a level of hunger that's really unique for where we where we are in the world. And I've noticed this. And it, it makes perfect sense. It's like the child who's spoilt with toy after toy after toy. Eventually, what is another PlayStation? What is another like car thing? This, that, da da da. It's just all just become you just get adapted to it. And you say, oh yeah, whatever, yeah. Oh cheers, mum, yeah, yeah, whatever. And yet you have the the other child who doesn't get given much at all and has to make his or her own fun in that way and sort of crafts a sort of inner environment of self-motivation to create joy, which is where you really create it. It's not given to you. You create it for yourself, who then every now and then gets a gift. And it's like, wow, oh my God, that's huge. And that's where we live. I think it's like we have to work at self-motivating ourselves to get the most out of our joy in our surfing because the waves, <laughs> you can look at them and just be like, what? Um, let's go anyway. When you have that attitude, let's just go anyway. Let's just get in. We're always better off for it because we generally always have a good time. I mean, there was that one surf that one the other day. That was just borderline, even by our standards. Of like, wow, half a foot to a foot. It was even on my longboard, pretty unrideable. But in the end, I took my suit down to my waist and thankfully not fully nude because that would have been embarrassing. Cold water nudity, men does not go well together. But just pull the wet suit down, went for a cold swim. It was ace. Still left the beach feeling, you know, saltwater therapy. Always feel good for getting in. Always feel good, good for getting in. in. Once you drop the, what
1: do people think? Because there is still that judgment of, oh, look at those kooks. There's nothing in there. There's not what are they surfing.
0: It doesn't matter. It's not your surf, is it? It's theirs. Damn straight. But that's you're... such a big thing in surfing, dude. People judge so much about what you do what, and don't like. Always talking about it. And one thing's right. And
1: well, this society, isn't it? This is right. This is wrong. This is exactly what I was saying. And hammering those divisions instead of. Knitting them together and just saying, okay, if that's their thing, that's their thing. Let them get on with it. That's why it's such a brilliant thing to get involved in surfing. And if you connect it to that, you know, towers or Zen or mindfulness, whatever bracket you want to put that kind of, or whatever label you want to put on it, if you connect those two things together, the idea that you can find from within, like inner acceptance of everything or creation of your own joy, that you don't need the external stimulus to create that. It comes from within your own your own universe. And you're not waiting for a TV show or another like on your post or a, another new car or whatever it might be, or you know, the perfect wave, you know, whatever you're waiting to come along. Assume it's not ever coming along and be happy with where you're at. Because from that point, we're all trying to get there. Nobody's, nobody's there yet. From that point, it can only ever look great. And that's it. Be happy with the mush burger
0: and then greatness will come along. He who is contented with less has the world in his palm. And I think that's Confucius. Because mm. it is. It's just you, you have it all, whatever all is, when you just can be contented with what you have. We are not all, you know, quote unquote, there yet. But that there, like we know, doesn't exist. And that's what's lovely. We're on this journey. Mm. We're on this journey of mindfulness and being mindful, becoming more mindful of surfers. And ultimately, and ideally, can use that word, yeah, enjoying the surfs that we have. Mm. And I think also for a lot of people, it's going to be about In this world that we live in without travel Mm. as much, I can almost guarantee that every. Yeah, I'm going to throw this out there that everyone listening to this right now wants to travel for waves. Just going to guess. I might be completely wrong. But can we actually do it? That's the thing we're going to have to also let go of in some way. So it's never been more pertinent to to really just enjoy what you have, where you have it within your own county, country, whatever that may be, South Coast, North Coast, whatever. Do you know what I mean? You know, flying in planes in this current world is still going to be. For how long? And who knows? One, two, three, four years. It's Nobody knows. And you might have to get a vaccine done. Yeah, and all of us. And all that jazz. So who knows? Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at the Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Because the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now let's get back to the show. Segment number two the mindful for just a couple of minutes to raise the awareness of your breathing to raise the calm juices so let's take a breath in through your nose I want you to hold your breath at the top and breathe out slowly okay take another deep breath in through your nose just hold your breath at the top
1: and again breathe out
0: slowly Take one more deep breath into your nose. What you gonna do on this one is hold your breath for about 20 seconds. When you're holding your breath for that 20 seconds, see what happens to your awareness when you hold your breath. So I want you to spot what happens. It's quite an interesting thing. So take a deep breath into your nose, hold your breath. And breathe out. Good work, guys. The idea behind that breath hold is that in Buddhist teachings, it's practice of temporarily dying. So when you are not breathing, technically you're dead in some kind of way, although your heart's still beating. (laughs) And they have a, a philosophy in Buddhism that says die every day. So become reborn every day, which essentially means let go of the past. It's gone. It isn't who you are. You are who you choose to be today. And that breath hold, if you did notice this, that's cool. If you didn't, it doesn't matter. But the breath hold at the top raises awareness instantly because you suddenly become aware of life more because you aren't breathing. It's a paradox. It's like because you aren't breathing, you're... It's like, oh, and everything goes very, very still. I f- believe it's one of the most instant calming techniques that there is. Just quickly, deep breath in, hold your breath. And just simply hold it because your mind... It's as if all the thought speed adjusts and it all sort of slows down. All those thoughts and they just start because you are suddenly really aware of, Oh my God, I'm a human being. I have a body. It's functioning on its own. That's a fucking miracle right there. What the hell is driving that? And what the hell is driving this entire universe? You know, it's like, how is this even work? How is this even working? How are my fingernails just growing? Scientists would be able to say, "Well, it's because of this, and because of collagen, because of that, and blood flow." And you, yeah, 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 I understand all that. But what's the bit behind that that makes it grow? And they'd say, "There's," a... and eventually, of course, you do enough of like, "Well, how's that? Co- how is that creating that? How is that made?" And you get enough hows and why. Eventually, you can't answer the mystery of life. It just literally is a complete mystery. So that energy. That force, it's an energy, it's a happening, this thing just just happening. The way it's all moving things through and cells are growing and planets are moving, whatever, is that when you hold your breath, I know it sounds really dramatic because it's talking about just your breath, but it is linked to that because you are so present that you realize you're not what you do. It's that thing we talk about every week. You you aren't the board that you carry. You aren't the shape that you're in. You aren't how much money you earn. You aren't what van you do or don't drive down to the beach. You aren't any of these things. You are a body with this soul in you, with a brain on top that can have this thing called a mind. That's what you are. And it's such an amazing
1: miracle in that consciousness that goes with it that when you really wake up to that, you don't want to sort of spend the very short period of time you're on the planet walking around like a sleepwalking zombie and being all of the things that you're not and getting upset about things that really don't matter at all. They just don't matter. And I think that's been the greatest work on, isn't it? We all have been caught up in this idea of work, status, as you say, image, all of the things that human condition allows us to see as the shiny, shiny, without sometimes just holding your breath for a bit and going, wow. <laughs> wow. So wow. true, dude. What am I doing?
0: And you know what really humbles me all the time is I feel like sometimes I know someone from that snap judgment in that way. Like, are they're a bit more into image or know what surfboard they're riding or dot 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 insert what you will what how shiny their van is and and then you get to know them you get to know a bit more and you get to know them a bit more again and you start to become humble because you go ah i had an idea of what i thought they were like and it's totally different to how they actually are and this happens more often than not as in we really don't know at all what people are like until we really get to know. Like really get to know. And it's why it's just so important. Well, I think it's two things when it comes to judgment of other surfers. It's just being able to go, okay, one, it's going to happen because you've got a mind. You've got an ego. An ego is separation. Ego is all about I'm over here and they're over there. So that's what ego does. And then so secondly, rather than be like, I'm going to be holier than thou and I will never ever judge and make snap decisions about how people are. Rather than pretend to do that, which isn't really possible. It's just continue to be aware of your mind and it will pass. And you'll notice its illusion, and I think hopefully then be able to kind of go, "You know what, just give that person a break, because nice, fucking hard
1: enough as it is, yeah, dude, because we like to make ourselves heroes of our own story, right? And um as we've said a million times, not just keep bringing the Bible back into it, but you know, Bible's a great book. they come up with some good old quotes It's, great it's all of that thing about you know he who was a, without sin cast the first on, but, but holy shit, we do a lot of it. We do so much because judgment is easy and judgment makes our own egos feel better. It makes us seem like the hero of the piece rather than the villain of the piece. Or if you want to be a villain, if you really think you're the best villain, it makes your villain ego feel better than all the other heroes out there. However, you're writing your own personal sort of story. But in that judgment of other people, there's no goodness in that. It doesn't feel good, really. It's temporary, isn't it?
0: Completely. And it doesn't feel true. Mm. It's not got the grounding of truth in it. It's false. It's utterly false. Even the politician who you think you know really well because of what they've done in their policies, Oh, they, that's bad. And that you don't know them. You haven't have fucking clue what they are, who they are, how they are, how they operate every single day. You haven't got a clue. And it's the same with that surfer who you surf with and that surfer you surf with and this person you bump into. And that we really don't. And even here's what's really interesting. Even when you really, really think you know someone, like let's say it's your spouse, you know them on a vibrational level. So you are connected to them. But at the same time, only person you can really know is yourself. And that's related directly to a basic question. It's the most important question you ask yourself is where is my mind? Is my mind here and alert to itself? Am I there? Am I present? Or is it just wandering off some down some fucking crazy rabbit hole, which is totally made up? It's these fucking made up stories. (laughs) My mind every single day makes up
1: stories. It's just being able to spot that. That's the key. Most of the stories we tell ourselves about our histories are made up anyway, because they're just our own embellishments of things that have
0: happened along the way to this point now. Damn straight. And dude, Miss Beb, rest her soul, because I think she's passed away. Miss Bed, my history teacher, would be loving this conversation right now. Because history itself, even like an hour ago, one person says, oh, wow, you never guessed what, because it fucking rained on the shape. And the other person goes, oh, you never guessed what. There was this rain. It was beautiful. Yeah. Bang, right there. Who controls the
1: narrative? There you, you do. There you, <laughs> you go. Do. There you go.
0: <laughs> Segment number three, moving on. Mind, body, stoke. Things Liam and I have been doing to raise the stoke. Now, Liam... I was going to be silly. I was going to really pull yeah, you in there to yeah. some sort of naughtiness, and I was sort of thinking, should I say this? Should I say this? no? I'm, I'm being good. I'm slowing down on. He's getting better. The three P's. He's taking time. Anything you want to share?
1: We mentioned this a few episodes ago about the concept of training your weaknesses. Because it's very easy, isn't it, to say I'm going to do the thing that I am most good at because it makes me feel good, it feeds my ego. Oh, I can do X amount of chin-ups. But we're talking about body and physical improvements here for surfing, so I can do these great press-ups and etc. So we go for the beach muscles that we know are maybe are going to look good and make us feel good and all that sort of thing. And it's a route one easiness of yeah, I know I can do that. And we were talking a lot, weren't we, about this idea that we can train our weaknesses. And in training, your weaknesses is when you get the sort of most um, dramatic gains in the things that you're trying to improve. So for me, especially since that back sort of fracture, my legs became so weak and still I've got a long way to go. The amount of work that's required to make those improvements in power from, you know, all the way up the kinetic chain, you know, ankles, knees, hamstrings, quads, glutes, I require a lot more work for me And importantly, there's a huge, huge pain barrier to go through to get those gains. But like everything, things that are difficult and a challenge and require grit and, you know, discomfort sometimes to get through, when you get to the other side, you've made improvements and it feels good on the other side of that. Doesn't mean that it's over and you can stop and stop training it and, you know, go back to where you were before. But there is something kind of rewarding about training the weaknesses. But it's very, very difficult to do. So mine is legs, and, and we're on this little challenge, aren't we, at the moment to yeah. sort of tweak those things.
0: You're doing the opposite, aren't you? So I'm working on my legs, and you're you're doing press. Doing presses. And it's one of these ones where press-ups have always been my weakest exercise. Yeah. And legs reasonably covered, core is fairly strong. I hope so, because I, I train people for a living. Um, yeah, my press-up strength is something that I've neglected, and that push strength, that genuine push-off-the-floor power you need as a surfer to snap onto your surfboard, which basically – sets up the entire wave it's a very very important thing to get dialed and you want to land ideally in the sweet spot of your board where your back foot lands on your tail pad and your front foot lands in the wax right down the string the center line and landing right in the center of a surfboard after your snap is very challenging if you've got mushy waves bumpy waves etc and you haven't quite got that power to get right up into the sweet spot you can be right off the sweet spot and the whole wave sort of runs ahead of itself so there's a real good reason for me to want to work at this snap thing just be able to kind of go right this is my weakness i'm now going to work at this each day so i've got the press-up challenge and i'm all i've just said to myself is it's a single set to failure it's just pressing up pressing up pressing up just up and down up and down until you get to boom one thing i've noticed when i'm doing them is just how kind hard it is when you go to failure on press-ups holy smokes it just it hurts mm. it really is gnarly but this is where mindfulness is so powerful because you've got to be able to just stay in the moment. If the mind starts chipping in, oh, go on, give up. Oh, it's a bit painful. Oh, I don't fucking cope. Oh, 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 This is what happens to people in the exercise. I mean, all humans, everyone has some sort of mind that kicks in when it comes to training. If you can spot that mind and keep going anyway, spot the mind, keep going anyway. Let your body just carry on for you. You've almost got to kind of ignore the mind and just carry on, carry on, carry on. It takes time because yeah. I think a lot of people get let their mind kind of get the better of them in tough training situations. But if you can push through that, you start to realize that, like always with the mind, it's an illusion and it'll pass. And you sort of carry on. But yeah, my numbers are sort of slowly going up. It's getting, my chest is feeling pretty, it's feeling there. It's, it's definitely, I'm working but, it.
1: But that's why surfing is a good motivation to sometimes make these improvements in mind, in body, in approach to life and all that. It was Jim Rohn that said, wasn't it? The guy that you like to sort of quote, if you really want to do something, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. And that really sets the tone for training things like weaknesses, because it's very easy. I was just saying earlier on about, you know, you train your beach muscles or whatever. And if anybody finds mine, I'll have them back because I'd love, love them. <laughs> um, but, you know, you're kind of easy to say, oh, I can't do that. I can't do it. I can't do that. And actually, human body is an amazing thing. It can do a lot of things that your mind might tell you you can't do, because it requires a little bit of getting outside the comfort zone. And I'm the first person to go, oh, bloody hell, I'm not doing that <laughs> But the times that I challenge myself and push through it, like I say, what's on the other side of that is just magic sometimes because it's an improvement, isn't it? So whether it's your snap, whether it's my ability to sort of make a turn
0: or be more powerful in the surf when I'm up and riding, it's worth it. So true. Yeah. I'd say that if you, if you go through your surfing, uh, manoeuvres, paddling, and snap, there's loads of nuance within those three, obviously, but let's kind of piece those into those three there. You can take from those... Certain exercises that are going to be somewhat easier for some people, harder for others. The ones that you find harder to do, I can absolutely guarantee you that if you start to get better at those ones you find harder to do, that it will have a huge improvement on your surfing. People, well, surfers will look, well, all of us, but a lot of us are looking to improve our surfing as part of the joy. Experience of it as you start to open that doorway as you were sailing into a new room of a new maneuver and a new experience. That newness, that novelty is a real happiness generator. There's a load of research that shows that novelty is inextricably linked to happiness because it releases a burst of dopamine. And dopamine is a feel good hormone. It's like a wah, rush. It's kind of like a stoke hormone, okay? So there's good reason to work on your surfing. It gives you more happiness. Christ, life short. What's the most important thing? I mean, you know, it is. It's that feel good. It's happiness. So the work you put into the gym can have a huge effect on that because you can start entering new rooms, doing new maneuvers, taking off a bit later, whatever it might be for you. But it really takes a humble moment of actually looking at your routine, looking at your week by week, your month by month, what you're putting on your dinner plate, all these things. And it's actually being to go, shit, you know what? Damn right. Like you said, got an excuse for this. I've got an excuse for that. And being able to kind of reverse that, flip that and go, okay, if I just do it and stop fucking around about when it's got to be, because, you know, we start doing these things like, oh, well, I haven't got the time. Well, oh, well, okay. Do you know what? You just got to just slot that in when it works. Just chuck it in there. You know, if you've got to do your yoga stretches in the service station toilets, you know, to get your five minutes in per day, let's just say there's a challenge for you, whatever, then do it there. But you just got to just make it happen. And it makes such a difference.
1: It does. And it's those people that are leaning into that pain. And eventually, you start to, by doing that, it's a bit like doing the cold shower in the morning. Your brain starts to rewire to lean into those moments of difficulty. And before you know it, you're in there and you're doing it and it feels good. And no. there's always resistance there. It's never going to go away, that. How do you overcome that? You've got to do that in some way, shape, or form to make gains in anything. Otherwise, we'd still be lying on the floor like babies, wouldn't we? We wouldn't have got up and walked and all then tried to start running and talking and all, because all of this stuff
0: requires. A bit of pain a bit of determination. so true and i would say that the characteristic of the surfer that gets the most out of just the surfing experience in general is someone who's humble so therefore open to ideas from others but also someone who perseveres because it's that humility matched with perseverance you get those two together bang and you're just going to get better and better and better
1: and knowing you can learn new stuff mm. at any stage big time and it doesn't matter yeah you can stay where you want to stay and if you just want to do one thing on the wave, and that's fine. That's that's fine. There's no judgment there, but admitting that you want to improve as well, not having that, it's a you know allowing yourself to say, yeah, do you know what, I do want to try that. Mm. I do want to, and I'll give it a go. Giving things a go is an amazing thing because you might find something that you you naturally kind of align with, and then you put a little bit of hard work in and do some. The gains then
0: are enormous, big time, big time. Before we go on to that, just real quick, mm-hmm. the manoeuvres, paddling, and snap. This is a real sound bite for people. I think maneuvers, surf skate. If you haven't got a surf skate, grab one, start practicing maneuvers. Get someone to look at your maneuvers. That's head over shoulder, cutbacks, top turns, all these things. It's how you pump down the line, etc. Paddling, really easy to sort out. Get an elastic band and start thrashing rep after rep after rep with pull ups, tricep work. Just hammer your upper body on that pull down and then side to side and the pull. And again, snap. What is the most obvious exercise? It's press up. Press-ups with some sort of hip mobilizer as well, because you can do a press-ups, obviously, but then you can bring your leg, do a press-up and then bring your leg right up to your, to your hand and then mobilize and twist. And If you bring that kind of training into your surf routine, yeah, it's just going to get better. Yeah. I wanted to mention something on protein today. So reading a really good book called The Sacred Cow by Rob Wolf and the other, there's a lady author that is working with him, but I can't remember her name. So I really recommend the book straight away because it confounds a lot of the myths that people have around uh, red meat in general. In the book, I was reminded of how much protein you need if you want to be athletic. Now, athletic meaning you have athletic pursuits and then you want to recover from them. So that's the kind of definition of that, what they're saying there. And what Rob suggests, and he's a sort of top nutritionist, uh, has been in the field for 30-odd years, and has got his finger on the pulse on this stuff, is 1.5 to 2 grams per kilogram of body weight. This is about protein requirements per day needed for optimal recovery from surfing, from training, whatever you're doing. One salmon steak, just one, normal-sized salmon steak, only has about 20-25 grams. Now, I weigh 90 kilo, so my rough amount that I need is between 160 to 200 grams. Now, people go then, oh, okay, well, if I eat 200 grams of beef... I'll get 200 grams of protein. No, 200 grams of beef, 200 grams of beef, ground beef has about 40 grams of protein. It just makes you start to realize how underfed we are on the protein stakes. And no wonder tons of people I surf with, like so many people I surf with, don't have the performance aspects that I do. Now that's not because I'm a better surfer. I mean the performance aspects on paddle and wave count. And I think it's just so often because people aren't recovering. I wasn't even, when I read that, I wasn't even getting in that, amount myself I get in a fair amount but I've kind of upped it by about two salmon steaks a day mm-hmm. and a beef steak I was probably already having let's say two to three steaks a day and a portion of salmon and some eggs that's I was normally having that each day anyway now I've got three or four salmon steaks a couple of normal steaks and again about an extra sort of eight to ten eggs now people would hear that amount of protein be, oh my god that's unbelievable <laughs> amount of protein uh, I'd take three days to eat that right yeah. But it's what's crazy is my muscle mass has gone up a little bit. I'm feeling super strong in the gym. I'm feeling really, really strong. Recovery is crazy. Sleep's good, like all these things. So, Rob Wolf, this guy you got to check out, discusses that. And it was just a real profound insight into that. So, you know, we're always trying to get the most out of our surfing. You know, for a lot of you listening and for you as well, Liam, obviously we talked in the car, it might not be possible to get such bioavailable protein because it's the bioavailability that's just as important as the amount you're having. So, beefsteak is the top. Next one down is egg white. Mm. Next one down after that is things like pork, chicken, shellfish, etc. And then it carries on into pulses and nuts and whatever. So you can supplement. Now we discussed this in the car. You can supplement even egg white. You can get egg, pasteurised egg white, so it's free from salmonella and all that kind of stuff. And you can chuck loads of that in things like smoothies and soups and pretty a bit gross in a soup. But anyway, <laughs> that's
1: what, I was talking to you about. Pisco sours. Anybody that knows their cocktails? Oh my
0: god! Yeah, it's got egg white in it. So that's is that a the valid green line? Well, maybe it's a hack for you, dude, because I know that you eat a sort of almost vegetarian diet. It might be worth seeing how you get on with the egg white. Because we can do all the supplementation we want with creatine, with L-carnitine, with L-glutamine, amino acid therapy. It's just not ever quite going to be what animal products going to give you. So it's one of those ones where if you follow more vegan vegetarian diet, then really look at supplementation of various things you can get in. But overall, this is just an opinion based on the you know, hundreds of thousands of hours of research I've done on nutrition that animal products well-sourced, obviously good quality, are going to be superior for recovery than vegetation, than plants. It's just science. It's something to play with, but I I definitely do notice it and have upped it a little bit, felt better. When I'm in the sea, I feel I've got more energy than ever to paddle, paddle, paddle. And it's kind of one of these ones where that's with zero carbohydrate too. That's a huge, huge myth that we need carbohydrate to function well in performance, in athletics. In fact, this research I'm reading now and experiences I'm going through that completely confound that and show that In fact, it's the opposite, that if you're running on fat on a ketogenic diet, now I'm on that exclusively because I'm having no carbohydrate at all, then you can perform amazingly well. And also lower inflammation, mm. like my knee is a lot better um, than it was and my brain feels better and mood is really good and stable and things. But, and this is the insight I think we come back to every time you and I, Liam, talk about nutrition and how it relates to surfing, is that it is so individual. And that has a number of things involved. It has beliefs involved. It has values, you know, even finances. It has likes, don't likes. It's so much that goes in that. Then your human microbiome, the diversity you have of your, in your gut, your genetics, your environment, you know, there's so much individuality in this thing called food. So you just kind of explore that yourself. Yeah. But it's worth, I wanted to mention that today because if anyone's kind of thinking, Oh yeah, maybe I could up my protein a bit, then it would make a big difference. Mm. Well, that's a Dorito Chili Heatwave sponsorship, God. <laughs> There's a little bit of corn protein going on there. Well, they are corn chips. It's probably hard to get in your actual body by the yeah. time you've got through that. I'll show you. The, well, listen, you can show You me have you like your eight these. steaks and I'll have my eight family
1: packs Thank of Thank you uh, very chili. much.
0: You can parcel them off to me.
1: Yeah. Really well, good. That's a good insight, actually. I think the sort of um, challenging vegetarianism for me, you know, or kind of, you know, very largely pescatarian, I would say, actually. So fish. Fish is in there still is the amount of, yeah, synthesis of good quality protein into the body um, when you are training so hard. You know, when we, well, broadly, I say we are training quite hard. Yeah, you are. You know, for the sort of age and, and level that we're at. So it's one to look at. And I think we'll keep people posted with progress, like we are doing with the weakness challenge. And we do usually a Thursday night gym session, don't we, as a sort of surf fit. Surf it, So yeah. we might post some of the things from there as yeah. we go forward to show what we're doing. The nutrition part of that will play a big part and, you know, see, see what gains we get from our surfing in it.
0: And I think hope, hopefully this isn't... We are doing it because I can feel it in my intuition when I say it. We are, we stand so much for that individuality message yeah. and would never want to be a show that says, oh, it's like this, this is what you're to do. You've got to eat me yeah. or you've got to take this up. That is the least mindful thing a human could do because now you're saying, I want you on side. When anyone in that sphere of nutrition said you've got to eat this way because if you don't it's evil or it's bad for you or it's going to cause cancer it's such an ignorance of firstly the spectrum of nutritional research that's actually out there secondly how flawed epidemiological research is because it's observational in its nature and you know when you happen to have a vegetarian who doesn't get cancer over X amount of years well they're looking at vegetarianism as this sort of singular myopic factor within this nutritional research and forgetting that what kind of person mm. is that vegetarian the first of all well, they've probably got community, they're getting outdoor exercise, they've got a higher socioeconomic bracket. They you know, they're not smoking. They- Listen, don't get me started on how fucked up nutritional research is. The point is, the reason why we discuss these things week by week is just to raise your awareness of your body. That's the only message that really matters. And, and take it and go
1: and do proper research from a variety of sources there you go um anything that is you should oh. is worth questioning that's <laughs> you know, the big word because we remember we we should have and this is big news now isn't it we should have cut out fat and then what Down did Australia. we create a whole sugary processed food industry that is proof. i saw a post of his a, a guy uh do you know the van tulican twins no uh, doctor uh, brothers twin brothers and they do a lot of stuff like pop sort of tv shows for uh, kids especially or kind of uh, mainstream health and science but i think one of them one of the twins has done this sort of four-week i'm just gonna eat processed food and see what happens and these biomarkers have already gone kind of haywire from where he was you know i missed the kind of um, what show it's going to be on or what article my point on that is that are whole industry is dedicated to getting you to either eat a certain way or live a certain way in order for the people behind that industry to make money, and that is not coming from a pure point of benevolence, is it? It's not for your good; it's for their profit. Yep. And, you know, and I'm saying that as a sort of fairly plugged into a you know entrepreneurial capitalist economy. But you've got to sometimes do your own research to work out why are you being told this message. That's right. uh, Not quite so as extreme as the whole politician thing that I've said before when, was it Jeremy Paxman who was a great TV interviewer, used to go into an interview with a politician and his whole mind, what was running through his mind at the time he was starting the interview was, why is this lying bastard lying to me?
0: <laughs> and that's the way he would
1: approach almost every yeah. <laughs> to deconstruct the arguments. And There you go. So yeah, work out your own research on this
0: stuff. Down straight. Final segment, Surf Media Insight. The Weird Waves <sighs> series is something we love and the latest one, there'll be another one out now, yeah. The latest one was, so this is Dylan Graves. For any of you who don't know, type that in Dylan Graves. Weird waves into YouTube and just, if you haven't seen any of these, you were going, you were in for a treat. I
1: think we put the first episode into last episode's show notes. Yeah. And this new one is great, isn't
0: it? The shite, I use that word in, you know, capital letters that is out there in the TV world. By the way, we said this in the van on the way up to the surf. On Friday is so negative, dude. The negativity that is in TV is it just shows you where so many people are at. They're addicted to unhappiness. That it's like it's drama after drama after horrific incident after dramatic this and dark and it's got like if you look at the the sort of hundred most popular shows on Netflix, almost every single one will be sort of a mix of drama, horror, fear, thrill, fear, gnarl, shit. Things are bad, dot dot dot, and so you will. I don't like watching that stuff. You don't either. We both talked about this. When you sit down and watch Dylan Graves, it makes you, it gives you comfort. This is what it gives me, it gives me comfort that there are people in this world wanting to make things that lift others higher and further. It is just a little TV show. It is just a a bit of vans putting out their thing, and but it has more to it than that. It's it's a real message of like enjoy what you have and don't give a shit what people think and just get out there and enjoy and this one with the ferries going past creating these waves and then the dolphins come out anyway you've got to just check it out in your, in your uh, high truck. vibration
1: stuff rather than low neggy yeah bleh, be frightened vibration
0: damn straight yeah guys thanks check for joining we just got to mention something before we go we have in the pipeline merchandise swinging its way through maybe yes people maybe. have asked about it are we doing stuff we will it's coming why it's not it's coming Mugs, t shirts, stickers, various bits of bobs. Coming very very soon. We're gonna do some giveaways, little prizes, little bits of bobs, that'll be fun. And also, new segments coming soon. Yeah, watch this space. Yeah. See you thanks for joining us. See you next week. See you soon. Bye.